Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Hey, it's good to see you all here and and welcome everybody. I'm excited to dive into our message today. I won't keep you long, but I do believe that God has a word for you here today. We've been in a series called The Blessed Life. And in this series, we've been really looking at how God desires for us to live blessed. How how God wants us to have the right perspective of what blessings are. Because sometimes people walk around saying, oh, I'm just blessed. And we apply that to some things that have nothing to do with God. So we got to be careful when we talk about blessing and being blessed. And so that's what we've been preaching on this series. But today, I want to unapologetically and emphatically speak to all the dads who are here today. If you're a dad in the room, can you say amen? Amen. I'll say a little deeper. All right. I want to talk to you today. And the reason why, and part of me was like, well, maybe, maybe we bring a word that's still very general and and not just talk to the dads, but here's the deal. You may or may not know this, or maybe you look around the room, you kind of sense it. Father's Day is the least attended holiday on a Sunday. It's the least one, I don't know if you know that. Like, like for moms, it's huge. It's just like there's Easter, and then there's Mother's Day, and then there's all these other holidays, and then there's Father's Day. And so, I think that's an issue. I think that's an issue when dads say, rather than let's get to the house of the Lord, let's get to the beach, or let's go to the game, or let's go do other things. So, so that's why I want to speak to the men today because I think it's important for us to hear from the word of God. But there is such a challenge that the Bible lays out for men. So y'all ready for it today, men? Y'all ready for it? All right, here we go. Go with the Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read four verses. We're going to dive into our message. And then we're going to send you all out of here to go enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. Make sure you get some popsicles, take some pictures, and make your kids take a shower when they get home. <laughs> Talk about the kids from camp. You know, they're coming home stinky and hot. Anyway, Proverbs 4, 1 through 4, it says this. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I, too, was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. I like this part. Then he taught me. I don't know if you caught that in there, but the writer was saying that, you know, there was a time when I was underneath my mom, and she was the primary uh, caretaker of me, and she nourished me. The Bible says she cherished me. But then he goes on to say, but then my father taught me. There, there comes a point in time when, when men need to start speaking into their children. Men need to start speaking into their sons. There comes a point in time where we we cross a threshold with our children and they need for us to be their father. I know know when they're really young, you might have a nickname for, uh, you know, a relationship for you and your father. Back in the day, this is a saying, this is like me kind of being very transparent. Back in the day, I used to love playing a game with my dad where I'd call my dad a monster and he would chase me around the house. I was just a little guy and I would sometimes just call my dad monster, monster. That's what he called my dad. But then there was this point where he was no longer monster. It was like my father. And he began to teach me and he began to show me and it was his turn to teach me. This is what the writer's saying. And he said, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and then you will live. So for the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought that I'm calling 
the blessed Father, the blessed Father. Let's take a moment and pray, and we're going to dive in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day, your grace, and your goodness that is here. I pray, Father, that as I dive into this message today, that you'll speak to every single person in this room. Would you also, Lord God, speak to these fathers who are here? God, there is so much responsibility that you've placed on them. I pray, God, that we would be um, called up to this role that you've called us to live in. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody. You may be seated. Let's talk about the blessed father. Fathers, I think you can agree with this statement. Being a father is both the most rewarding and the most challenging role that I've ever had to play in my life. Can all the dads agree with me on that? It's incredibly rewarding, but man, it's challenging at the same time. Like, like, like there's so much reward in being a father, but there's also moments of challenge in there. So I was 30 years old when my son Jaden entered into the world. For those of you that don't know me, I've got three boys, seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 13-year-old. So when my son Jaden entered into this world, Jaden was smart. Jaden is, was organized. You know how some boys like make a mess of their toy room? That wasn't my Jaden. Everything was very neat. Everything was very organized. Things were put away. He was very quiet. He was well-mannered. And uh, some of y'all remember when you had your first kid, you'd still hang around with your friends that maybe didn't have kids, and you would just kind of lug them around with you. You guys remember having to do that? That was Joanna and I. We, we had a lot of friends that still didn't have babies, so we'd take them with us with the single crowd. You get about two or three of those kids, and it's like your single friends. You're like, goodbye. I got to go find me some, some, some other couples that have kids so my kids can entertain themselves, right? But, but prior to that, Jaden was going with us everywhere and everyone always said how well mannered he was everyone was said about um, just how good he did with people and so with all of that going on as I was raising my young Jaden I thought to myself being a father's easy I thought to myself this is easy I don't know why people say it's hard Jaden is easy as a matter of fact I think all these guys that said being a father's hard they don't know what they're talking about as a matter of fact I think I should write a book on what it means to be a good father because clearly I'm doing a great job but then my second son arrived, and then my third son arrived, and then I realized that Jaden was more reflection of his DNA and less about how I was doing as a dad. You guys know what I'm talking about? Are there any parents that can relate to that? Where it was like, first one came around, and you thought you had the second one came around, and you knew you needed Jesus. Like, you needed Jesus, you needed the Holy Spirit, you needed help to get, to get through life with your children. And I say all of that because I think we've all been there before, um, but I want to talk about this role and this response responsibility of being a father. Like I said, I want to speak to the fathers here today. And really what I want to share with you all is that um, first off, I want to look at the role of the father and, and why it is such a challenge. I want to look at the role of the father and, and why so many men really need to grow in this area of being a father. If you're taking notes, write this down. To be a father is a sacred role and it is the role that God asks men to take on that is a reflection of his relationship with humanity. Okay? A father... Being a father is the role that God asks men, not women. He asks men. I don't care if you're a single mom. He asks men to take on that role, and it is a reflection of his relationship with humanity. Now, think about this. Let me tease this out. When you think about the church, the church 
um, is the bride of Christ. So the church is likened really to, to a mom or, or, uh, or to a female. And so when, we, when the Bible uses metaphors to describe the church, it, it's feminine. It, it's, it's motherly. When the Bible talks about brothers and sisters in Christ, when the Bible talks about people here in the church, we'll, we'll relate to one another as my brother. You're my sister. You know, uh, we don't do it as much anymore. But back in the old church, you always called someone a brother and a sister, right? You didn't just call them by their name. I know we don't do it as much as we used to. But it'd be like, Brother Joe and, and Brother Stephen. And then I, I remember some women just hated it because they started getting called sisters. And then people were like, are you a nun? Why, why are they calling you sister so-and-so? But anyway, uh, so we don't say it as much. But, but the Bible, when it talks about the relationship one with another, it's like a sibling relationship. It's, it's familial, but it is a sibling relationship. But when it comes to the father... We have to take on the role that he takes on with humanity. Jesus said this of God when he prayed to him. He said, our father in heaven. When he talks to praise it, our father in heaven. He, he says our father in heaven. He uses that relationship, that language to describe him. He, God is called the father to the fatherless. That's his role. He is father. goes on to say, uh, it, prophetically, we, we, we read that. He says, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters. So, so men, we have this, this challenging role to all the dads here. We have this challenging role where we have to take on the responsibility that describes God's relationship with humanity. And so I want to give you some ways that you are going to succeed. I want to give you some ways that you can succeed at being a blessed father. You guys track with me so far? All right, here we go. Number one, write this down. A blessed father knows God. A blessed father knows God. You know, Fathers come in all shapes and sizes. And I'm not talking about dad, boss, and father figures, okay? That's not what I'm saying when I say fathers come in all shapes and sizes. But some dads can, like, build a house, like, just by themselves, right? They could pour the concrete, creep. they can do the framing, put the drywall up. How many other some dads, like, like Diana, like, I could just build you a house, right? I'm not wired like that. I know. Don't put a hammer in my hand. Some dads are just like that, right? They are builders. Some dads are coaches. That's more my role. Like, some dads are coaches. They're all about being a coach, and they're out there with their kids in the soccer fields, baseball fields, softball fields. Some dads, they just have that bend to be a coach. Uh, some dads are, are, are very good with money, and, and, and they're, they're bean counters, so to speak. And some, ga- some dads are great with their money. Uh, and I think that's a great thing. You ever met someone who doesn't have a lot of resources but has a lot of resources? Like they didn't come from a lot of money, but they seem to have a lot of money because they are gifted with money and they, they, they teach that to their children. They teach that to others. So, so some dads are like that. And, and then there are other dads that are great with technology. Again, can't, they can't build you a house, but they can build you a website. You know what I mean? Like, like they can build you a website. They can, they can optimize your search engine. They can SEO, all that stuff. So, so fathers come in all shapes and sizes. That My point being is we all have different bends. We all excel at different things. Okay? Just because one can build a house and one can build a website doesn't make one better than the other. We all have different uh, shapes and sizes when it comes to being a father. But here's one thing that every father must know. You must know God. Listen to me, dads. No matter what your area of expertise is, you must know God. And here's the reason right. Here's the reason why. Write this down. When you know God, you get a clear image of what it means to be a father. When you know God, you get a clear image of what it means 
to be a father because that's the role that he took on. He took on the role of father. And yes, there are books on how to be a better father. Yes, you can watch a TED Talk on how to be a better father. Yes, there are sermons that you can listen to on how to be a better father. All of these are helpful and all of these are good. But listen to me. These are no replacement for a man who knows who his father is. This is not a replacement for a man who knows his heavenly father. So how do you know your heavenly father? A man who knows his father is a man who meets with his father. You spend time in the presence of God. A man who knows his father spends time in his presence. Everybody say presence. You've got to practice presence with him. You've got to meet him. That is a man who knows his father. Number two, a man who knows his father is a man who speaks with his father. Everybody say prayer. We've got to be men of prayer. You want to be a blessed father and in order to know the father, you got to talk to your father. You got to spend time talking to your father and we do that through prayer. Number three, a man who knows his father is a man who reads about his father. A man who reads about his father. That's the scriptures. So, so let me distill it all down for you men. There are three things that you must do if you want to be a man who knows his heavenly father. You got to be a man of presence. You have to be a man of prayer, and you have to be a man of the word. You cannot escape that. Can I get a good amen? Men of the tent this morning. If you want to know your father, that's the way you know him. If you want to know him personally, you have to be a man of presence, a man of prayer, and a man of scripture. Because when you do that, you get an image of the father, the heavenly father, and you are now equipped to be a father. Tracking with me so far? You are now equipped to be a father. When someone says, well, I didn't grow up with a good dad. I didn't grow up with a present dad. I didn't grow up with an emotionally healthy dad. I understand that. But guess what? You have a heavenly father who is present. You have a heavenly father who is emotionally healthy. You have a heavenly father who never missed a soccer match. You have a heavenly father who sticks closer to you than a brother. You have a heavenly father that sees your highs and sees your lows, and he promised to always be with you. You have a heavenly father that says, I will be with you until the end of time. Yeah. I, I understand if you say, but I didn't get it right with my earthly father. And to that, I would say, you have a heavenly father. And you have the opportunity to know your father. And as a matter of fact, I think the reason why so many men cannot rise to the occasion of a father is because they do not know the heavenly father. They do not know the heavenly father. I was reading a white paper from Father Strong. And Father Strong is an organization that is equipping men to become fathers. And this statistic, it's a fairly new statistic, 2020 statistic. It staggered me. You ready for it? It says 18.4 million children live without knowing their biological father. That's not a global statistic. That's a national statistic. 18.4 million people had their daddy walk out on them because he was not ready to be a father. And I can even re re recite this statistic um, just by memory now. But of all of the male prison population, all the males that are in prison right now, 84% grew up without their father. 84% grew up without their father. In 2020, we went through a global pandemic due to a virus, but we have been living for decades with a, with a, with a pandemic of fatherlessness. We have been living through for decades a pandemic of fatherlessness. Why? Men run from their role as their father because they do not know the father. 
But when you know the Father, you can reflect the Father. When you know the Father, you can become a father. When you know the Father, you can succeed as a father. When you know the Father, you can excel as a father. It comes back to knowing the Father. And so a blessed man, how do I become a blessed father? A blessed father knows his God. A blessed father knows his God. There's a verse that that pops in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, and it says this. And this is the last verse in the Old Testament before we jump into the New Testament. It says this. And he will turn the hearts of the, say fathers, Fathers. to their children. And he will turn the hearts of the, say children, Children. to their fathers. What, What the prophet was saying is we've got to get fathers committed back to their children. And so children can be committed back to their father. And when we get this right, we're able to push back against what? Let's read the end of this. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. What the prophet was saying is that fatherlessness is going to lead us down a path of destruction. And as I said just a minute ago, but people that grow up without knowing their father, they are up against a lot of odds. They are up against a lot of odds. And so to the fathers that are here today, if you've ever felt like this is a difficult job for me, to the fathers that are here today, if you've ever felt like I don't know if I am equipped to be a father, to the fathers who are here today that feel like you have been carrying a burden, let me tell you, you have got to run to your heavenly father. He's going to give you the wisdom to lead. He's going to give you the strength to lead. He's going to put his spirit on the inside of you, and you can become the father that your children need for you to be because a blessed father knows the heavenly father. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. Number two, a blessed father honors his family. A blessed father honors his family. I got two verses here, one for the wives and one for the children. Here we go, verse one. Ephesians 5.28 says, In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Bible says that we are to love our wives. We're to sacrifice for our wives. We are to lay down our lives for our wives. I thought I'd get a good amen from the women in the tent today. (laughs) I'm like giving you a lob here, okay? Say amen, you know, elbow him in the ribs, whatever you got to do. But uh, get his attention. But listen to husbands, we honor our families. How do we do that first and foremost? By loving our wives, laying down our lives for our wives. And then we also have this verse in Psalm 103.13. It says, as a father shows compassion or love to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. We see in these verses that we are called into honor. We are called into sacrificing our needs for the sake of their needs. We, we, we sacrifice, <laughs> this is so real to me, it ain't even funny. We sacrifice our sleep, right, so they can sleep at night. We're all the sleep-deprived daddies right now. <laughs> okay, there's a few, me too, me too. I can't get my kid to keep coming from my bed. I'm like, baby, we got to work on sleep training this summer. But uh, he's still crawling his way into my bed. And just the other day, I got a foot to my face. I was like, this is not good. We're sacrificing my sleep so my boy can apparently sleep comfortable. But we do this, right? This is what we do as fathers. We sacrifice. We, we lay down our lives, and we, we serve our children. I heard this the other day, and it shook me to my core. Now, you all know your pastor's a little emotional and sappy when it comes to his children. I love my boys. I love my boys so much, and, and, and I'm sappy with them. As a matter of fact, the other day, as the kids were getting ready to take off to camp, my son was, like, first to, to like, get into the bus. Him and, his, him and his buddies wanted to go right to the back of the bus, and there I was at the parking lot feeling some way because my son didn't give me a hug. So I yelled at him across the parking lot. I said, Jaden! He's like, oh, God, here he comes. I came walking just like this. Like, give me a hug! 
I'm never gonna stop doing this. I know he's 13 years old, grown, almost as tall as me, about to eclipse me. I'm like, come give your daddy a hug. That's just me. But here's the reason why I heard this, and it just kind of like shook me to my core. And, and, and I heard this, and it, it really, it really, again, I'm sappy. So it says, one day, without notice, your son is gonna ask you to pick him up, and that'll be the last time he asks you to pick him up. Yes. And no one's gonna warn truth. Yeah. No one's gonna give you a timer or a countdown. You won't even know it, but that'll be the last time that they ask you to pick them up. Or, or listen to me, dads. One day, your son's gonna ask you to throw the ball with them, and that'll be the last time mm -hmm. they ask you to throw the ball with them, and nobody gave you a warning. Dads, one day, your daughter's gonna ask you to have a tea party with her, and that'll be the last time that she asks you to have a tea party, and no one is gonna warn you. One day, you're gonna drive home late at night, and your kids fell asleep in the back of the car, and you're gonna carry them upstairs and lay them in their beds, and that'll be the last time, and no one is going to warn you. It's just gonna happen, and it'll never happen again. So this is why I have a hard time telling my kids no because I know that I need to cherish every opportunity to love them and cherish the, the opportunity to serve them. Write this down, never take for granted the opportunity to love and to honor your family. Never take for granted the opportunity to serve your spouse. Never take that for granted. Never take it for granted. And fathers, listen to me. As you are loving on your wives and loving on your spouse, let me teach you something. What you are doing for them is not setting an example, but you are setting a standard. Everybody say standard. There's a difference between an example and a standard. Y'all know that, right? A standard means we're not going any, we're not doing any less than this. This is the standard. It only goes up from here. So men, as you love on your spouse, what you are doing is showing your daughter, this is the standard right here. You don't let some snotty-nosed boy come into this house and treat you any worse than this standard that I am setting right now. Because that's what fathers do, right? We set a standard. I don't have any daughters, but I love to see, I love to see men date their daughters. You know, like fathers take their daughters out on a date. I love to see that. And I love when the dads flex too, you know what I'm saying? They're like, I'm showing my daughter what a date looks like. I'm not taking her to In-N-Out, I'm taking her to Fleming's or whatever it is, you know what I mean? It's like, I love when dads do that. I can't do that with my boys, I just can't. You know what I mean? But uh, I remember one time I did set up a special Valentine's Day for Jaden and, and Joanna. This was before we had uh, any other boys when it was just Jaden. And there was my little Jaden. I said, you're taking your mom out for Valentine's Day. And I was like, and, you know, went through the whole thing. And she said it was very cute. They went to P.F. Chang's and had dinner and the waiter was serving. And he even got a little, a little surprised to see that mom and son were out on a Valentine's Day. Probably thought there was a deadbeat dad not around, but that's not true. I set the whole thing up. Set the whole thing up. You know? Probably thinking like, single mom over here, huh? Yeah, stay away. So he was like, no. So anyway. But, but you, we, we have the opportunities to honor and we have the opportunities to serve. And I love this. Fathers, we set standards. And a father who does it right, listen to me good. A father who does it right says, son, let my ceiling be your floor. Daughters, let my ceiling be your floor. And that's what I'm trying to raise my boys. I'm trying to raise them to know that every opportunity that I've ever given you, I don't want you to repeat this. I want you to go higher. Yeah. I want you to go further. I want you to, I want you to take these experiences and, and experience more than what I could ever provide for you. And you got to be careful because sometimes I tell my wife, like, we're raising some bougie little boys. They begin to expect too many things. You know what I mean? I'm about to go make them serve on Skid Row this summer or something. But like... <laughs> But it's like, I, 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 want to, I want to spoil them, and I, I want to do that, but I'm also letting them know, like, like, I want this for you and more. 
You know, I think back about my father who's here today. Let's give it up for my pop who's here today. I remember my, my dad, he hit, a, he hit a, a bit of a glass ceiling at work where if he wanted to go further with the company that he worked for, he was gonna need to get a degree because his degree was only up to an associate's degree, but they, they said, you're gonna need a bachelor's degree. I remember seeing my father go back to school to get the bachelor's degree so he could shatter that glass ceiling and not just shatter the glass ceiling, but set an example for his sons. He raised the standard. So, so what did I do with that? I went and I became the first in my family to get a master's degree. Why? Because his ceiling was my floor. You see what I'm saying? So he showed me that. He taught me that. He, he, never said, uh, he never said, what I do, you do. He said, no, no, what I do, you do more. What I do, let that be your ceiling. Let that be, let that be your floor. It was my ceiling, but let it be your floor. A blessed dad does that for his family. A blessed father does that for his family. Here's the next thing. A blessed father disciples his family. A blessed father disciples his family. Listen, there are many things that you can give your children as you honor them. But one gift that excels over all of them is the gift of discipleship. You have the opportunity to disciple your children. What do you think it does to your children when they see you reading your Bible around the house? What does it do to your children when they see you praying around the house? As a matter of fact, the other day, I've shared this before, my son Jackson, he was making fun of his dad in a playful way, in a playful way. But he was making fun of his dad. He was imitating dad every morning. And it was so funny the way he did. He was making me laugh. He goes, I'm going to imitate dad in the morning. He come marching down the stairs. He goes to the coffee machine. Start making, start making coffee, imitating what I do every single morning. But then the next thing he did, I love that he imitated it this way. He goes, and then daddy goes and he gets his Bible. Yay, my Bible. You know, and then he goes start reading it. <laughs> it was funny. But I'm like, I love that he knows that every morning we start with coffee and we start with the word. Like he knows it. And, and, and though it was funny, like part of me was like, he's getting it. He's seen it. He, he's, he's getting a glimpse of what it means to be a man that chases after God. And here's what you need to know. Write this down. God has deposited within us. What I'm talking about is your children. God has deposited within your children a desire to know him. There is a God-shaped void in your children's heart. And that void is to know their heavenly father. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, God has made everything beautiful in his time, and he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Did you catch it? He has set eternity. The, their eternity is set in the heart of our children. And what does God do? He says, men, it's your responsibility to disciple your children. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's not Pastor Bobby's responsibility over there with the incredible L Kids team. It's not his responsibility to disciple your children. It's your responsibility, Dad. It's your responsibility, Mom, to teach your children the Word of God. I love how when you read the Old Testament, you hear he's the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, and he's the God of Jacob. It's this faith handed down from generation to generation. I can tell you of all the beautiful things that my parents did for me. If I can tell you about all the incredible vacations and trips that they took us on, how they raised us, all the blessings that we were raised with, the number one thing that they made sure that they gave me was they taught me to love and serve God. They, they modeled what it means to serve the Lord and what it means to serve God. Now, my son Jaden turned 13. I'm going to describe something. It's up to you all to figure out your own systems. I can only coach you up and point you to books. But when my son Jaden turned 13, I began the process of intentional discipleship with him. 
So one night, there's my son watching television with his brothers. And what he didn't know is I had planned a whole night to bring him into the journey of becoming a man. And so I said, Jaden, get up. It's like 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Jaden, get up. What's up, Dad? Like, we're leaving. Put some clothes on. What do I put on? Put on warm clothes. He had no idea. But I took him down to Oceanside. And there, there were about 10 men from this church that met, met us there at the beach. And him and another young man from the church, we began to initiate them on the journey of becoming a man because he turned 13 years old. And there that night, all these men, hand-selected men from the church, spoke into my son about what it means to be a man. And then when that was done, we threw him out into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're going to, I told him, it was him and one other, and I got it all on video, and I told him, you're going to run into this water, and when you run into this water, you're running in a boy, but you're coming out a boy who's becoming a man. Oh, nice. And so he came out of the water, and since that day, yeah, since that day, every Wednesday, 5.30 in the morning, I wake him up, and we pray together, we read our Bible together, we might watch a podcast, we might uh, just have conversation, but every morning, I'm sorry, every Wednesday morning at 5.30, he meets with his dad because it's my responsibility to disciple him. When he turns 14, he's gonna be me with me twice a week. When he turns 15, three times, you get what I'm saying? By the time he's 18 years old, five times a week he's gonna get up at 5.30 in the morning and meet with his father and meet with his heavenly father. Why? Because men meet with their father every morning. Men meet with their father every single morning. And every single morning I get up and I have an, I have an appointment with my heavenly father. The first person I talk to is him. Not social media. I don't go read the newspaper. I don't go do anything. I go have a conversation with my father because I want to know my father. And it's my responsibility now to hand that down to my son. No one else's job. And I want you to get this. In 2020, I was like everyone else, kind of like freaking out, pandemic. You guys remember really early on when we had way more questions than we have answers? I know when, when we look at the rearview mirror, um, we can have a, you know, we can have a, a, a feelings about it. Um, rightly so. But I'm saying... Go back to when everything was shutting down. You guys kind of remember when we were just like, okay, let's all shut down. You know, 16 weeks, 16 days flat the curve. Let's figure this out together. I I'll never forget like how I was talking to um, a friend of mine and I said, I cannot believe that my kids are going to have to live through a pandemic. Like that just shook me. You know what I mean? Like my boys are going to have to live through this. Like, like this is terrible. School's shut down. Like, like they will always carry this memory of having to go through a pandemic for the rest of their life. But listen, once the world reopened, here's what ended up happening we began to see, and I feel like there was a huge shift that happened, but after we came out of that, we began to see a way more intentional assault on the family and a way more intentional assault on your children. And you have got to wake up to the fact that the prince of this world is trying to deposit ideologies that go against God's word into the minds of your child. Better wake up and see it. And so discipling your child is not optional or nice to do. That means you've got to do it. Because if you don't disciple your child, this world will. If you don't disciple this, your child, the school system will. If you do not disciple your child, I mean, you've heard it. The government said, those are our children. No, they're not. The devil is a liar. That's my kid. You know what I mean? God entrusted him to me. And so we have to, it used to be discipling our children is what we did as Christians. Let, no, 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 no. Take them. Let's, you got to look at it as a training ground for the spiritual warfare that, that exists in the world that we are sending them into. And that's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. I look at that word, train up a child, a little differently now. I'm not just creating a quick, it's not just a Christian that I'm raising up. It's not just a Jesus follower that I'm raising up, but I'm raising up a person that is going to push back against the powers of darkness that is trying to invade this world. Amen. So let's just become way more intentional. Let's just become way, way more intentional. And so I, I'm not trying to scare you fathers, but I'm trying to wake you up. 
I'm not trying to wake you up to the responsibility that you have. And I'm coming to a close now. I got one more, but I'm going to say this as I close. A blessed father never stops growing. A blessed father never stops growing. In my quiet time, I was reading from 1st and 2nd Samuel this weekend. So I was reading through 1st and 2nd Samuel. I realized that part of what cost Saul his kingdom was he refused to grow. King Saul, the first king of Israel, refused to grow. And, and so let me illustrate it. When Saul was getting ready to go into battle against the Philistines, it was the custom that Israel did not go into battle until the prophet showed up. The prophet would offer sacrifices, and then they would go into battle. Well, Saul got ahead of God because he felt like the prophet Samuel was taking too long. The Bible says that after seven days of Saul waiting for the prophet Samuel to show up and to offer sacrifices, Saul said, I'll put on the garment of a priest myself, and I'll offer up the sacrifices myself. In other words, I'm no longer going to wait on God. I'm going to get ahead of God. I can do it myself. And then the prophet showed up. And, and, and the prophet shows up, and I'm just going to paraphrase, but he shows up, and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? And Saul, like, well, you know, I knew we couldn't go into battle until we offered up sacrifices, but you were taking your sweet time, so I just decided to do it myself. Samuel told him, God intended for your kingdom to always be over the house of Israel. Meaning, your kids were supposed to succeed you. And their kids were supposed to succeed them. And their kids were supposed to succeed them. But because you have done this thing, God has taken the kingdom from your hand. And he's going to give it to another. He lost the kingdom that day. Because he could not wait on God. Now fast forward. Later in life. Same thing happens again. The armies of the Philistines are attacking the armies of Israel. And Saul wants to go out into battle. And Saul's waiting for the prophet to come. But Saul, once again, gets ahead of God. He can't wait. So instead of waiting for the prophet, he finds a psychic, the Bible says. He goes to a medium. And he's like, I need to hear from God. You can't go to a psychic and hear from God. So he goes to a psychic because he wants a word from the Lord. And instead of hearing from a psychic, the Bible says that the spirit of Samuel appeared before Saul. Saul was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I did it again. Uh and that day, Samuel said, and again, it's like, I'm going to paraphrase, like, Saul, you did it again. You got ahead of God. Did you not learn? Did you not grow? The last time I took away your kingdom, I'm paraphrasing, but what Samuel said, but today, you're going to die, and so will your sons. The sons paid the price of the father's heir. The sons paid the penalty because the father refused to grow. And so many times I meet men who will not grow. Listen to me, men. Just because you don't want to change doesn't mean this world will stop. It's going to keep on moving. And so you have got to grow. You have got to mature. You have got to change. You have got to allow yourself to be stretched. You have to continue to allow God to develop you and to form you and to shape you into the man of God that he's always intended you to be. It does not stop. 
And here I am, 42 years old. I'm going to be 43 later this year. And I read. I was, I was telling someone about the books I was reading. Like, man, you read a lot. And I said, I read a lot because I don't know anything. And they're like, what do you mean? They're like, you, you, you have all this information. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything. And I've just had this posture of a learner ever since. Now, I can't give you the same desire, but can I tell you that you ought to have and bend to continually learn? This world is changing. Adapt with it. This, this world is evolving. Change with it. Why do I need to change with it? So you can be a better husband to your wife. So you can be a better father to your children. So you can be a deeper formed Christian for the children that you are discipling. Never stop growing. I'm telling you, Lighthouse Church, listen to me, man. Never stop growing. The day you stop growing is the day you start dying. Yes. When you have said, I, there's, there's nothing else for me to learn. Sons never stop learning from the Father. Sons never stop learning from the Father. You want to be a blessed dad. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep maturing. Keep, keep finding ways to become a better man. Keep finding ways to become a better husband. Grow in your faith. Grow in your relationships. Grow in your rhythms. Grow in your consistency. Grow in your health. I can highlight more and more areas of growth, but I think you know what I'm talking about. You get the point. Never stop growing. Do it for the calling on your life and do it for your spouse and your children, the people that God has called you to lead. Amen, Lighthouse Church. Come on, let's give God some praise all over this house. A blessed man. A blessed father knows God. A blessed father honors his family. A blessed father disciples his children. And a blessed father never stops growing. What I want to do is pray for all of the dads that are here right now. This is the way I close the first service. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to do two prayers. The first one is, I just want to bless all the dads this morning. So if you are able to, all the dads in the tent, would you come forward? You don't have to. I'm not going to force you. But I would love to pray for all the fathers. So as they come, can we clap our hands as we honor and celebrate the fathers? We're going to pray for the fathers here right now. As they come, right out, would you just extend your hands this way? Just, just lean, lift your hands up over here. And we're just going to pray for all the dads right now. We're just going to pray that they would become blessed fathers, that they would and blessed, continually growing, becoming the men of God that God has called them to be. Let's pray over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. And God, we thank you for our fathers. On this day, God, that we pause to celebrate them. And on this day where we pause to honor them, we also want to pause to pray for them. God, the burden on a father is heavy. The expectations on the father are great. God, you've entrusted us with a role that models your role with humanity. But now, God, I just pray that you would empower them, that you would equip them. I pray, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit would fill them and that they would raise up, they would rise up and become the husbands, that they would rise up and become the fathers that you have designed them to be. We break every stronghold in the name of Jesus. We cancel every assignment by the enemy over their lives in the name of Jesus. We break every weapon that has been formed that is attacking their marriages right now in the name of Jesus. God, would you destroy those strongholds and set them free, Lord God. May they run towards their calling. May they run towards their destiny. May they run to become the men of God that you called them today to be. So we bless them today. We honor them today, Lord God. And may you turn your face toward them. May you shine upon them. May your grace be over them. And may you be the God of peace over their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, here's the second prayer I'm going to do. 
If your dad is here, would you come up and pray with him? Or maybe if your children aren't here, but your spouse is up here, come on, let's pray for our dads. That's how we're going to close it. They're going to lead us in worship. And when you're done praying, you're free to go. Take pictures. Grab some popsicles. Enjoy your Father's Day. But there's a moment here where you can come and get behind your dad and pray together. I'd love to do that. Come pray with your father. Come get around them and pray with them. Lighthouse Church, we love you. To all the dads, happy Father's Day and have an incredible rest of your day. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.